A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Hello, good afternoon and welcome listeners, listeners everywhere to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. We are at the Den, the beautiful sunny autumnal Den in South Bermondsey for the visit today of Bradford City in League One. They're joining the game in play, about a minute and a half gone. Nothing of note to report as yet. Today's team news. We've got Jordan Archer in goal, back line the usual. Carlos Edwards, Tony Craig, Mark Beavers, Joe Martin. Midfield, Aidan O'Brien, Jules Savile, the returning Sean Williams, who must have passed the fitness test. Coming into today's game, Shane Ferguson on the left. Up front, the, the, the deadly duo, Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison. A few question marks over Sean Williams, whether he's going to be ready for today's game. Possibly a little bit of mind games, I don't know. But there was certainly talk that he might not be ready for today's fixture. And Jack Powell might be starting for us. But as it is, the, the better option is, is clearly there in Sean Williams. Bit of a sense that we're up against it today, Renadan, already. We're only a minute into the game. The crowd are fired up. The wall of sound has already started. The kind of thing you normally get when you're up against it in the last ten minutes. So there's a real sense that we have difficult opponents here today, Bradford City. Though that said, they're no great shakes in the league table. They're actually below us in the league table, albeit with one less game played. They're on um, 20, 20 points in 14th position. And Millwall obviously riding high after that midweek win over Doncaster Rovers up in the giddy heights of 8th position where we'll get nosebleeds, need oxygen, probably Sherpa Tenzing to give us some assistance as we climb towards the summit. So I'm just going to take a little break away from play as I'm talking here. There's uh, Lee Gregory, all runs through to the Bradford defence. So I'm going to take a brief break away to bring some coverage and comment on that um, strange midweek win over Doncaster Rovers, 2-0. Uh, a game that never felt comfortable, but we're going to play the uh, live piece and then some post-match comment with one of our favourite commentators, Mr Crazy Horse Neil Andrews. So we'll be right back. Achtung, well, good evening, one and all listeners. Welcome to Tuesday Night Football at the Den. Joining the game in play, Doncaster's just kicked us off. No um, team news, let's do the team news. Jordan Archer's in goal. Backline, the returning Carlos Edwards in, the, in the, his right-back position. Then you've got the centre-backs of Tony Craig, Mark Beavers. And in left, we've got Joe Martin. Across the middle, we've got Shane Ferguson, George Savile, Ben Thompson 
and Aidan O'Brien with Lee Gregory, Steve Morrison up front. So we're just going to do a brief little match report. Um, so we'll be back about midway through the first half just to give you a little taste of where the game's going. And I'll speak to you very, very shortly. Achtung, Mehlball. Well, I said I'd come back to you halfway through the first half, listeners. I've broken my promise. I'm back with you eight minutes into the game. We're 2-0 ahead, unbelievably. Two goals from Steve Morrison inside the first eight minutes. First one, under hit-back pass, which um, Morrison got the first two, put the ball past the goalkeeper after five minutes. And then the second one, a fantastic volley from Shane Ferguson. Free kick, Mill leading 2-0 on a Tuesday night. When was the last time we did that inside the first ten minutes? I can't remember. As you can hear, the place is, well, rather, rather happy. We'll be back later. Achtung, Mehlball. So 22 minutes on the clock, listeners, halfway through that first half. Halfway through the first half. And after a slightly unreal start to the game for Millwall, two goals in, in the side of the first 10 minutes, we've got a little bit off the boil for me. Doncaster have actually had one or two opportunities moving the ball forwards. They've had crosses going across our, our penalty area and have not looked too bad aside despite being two-goal deficit behind. Uh, Mill need to be on their, on their game tonight. They're just as I'm speaking to the Doncaster coming down the left. The uh, forward checks back, it's floated across into the middle and away there by Joe Martin. So, yeah, we, we, we've been on the back foot slightly since going the second goal up. Two good early strikes. And um, since then, we've been slightly um, fatigued. There's a shot just gone inches wide there as I've been talking to you. It's going to go for a corner. So, um, we'll be back at half-time to see how this game is progressing. But at the moment, despite a two-goal lead, we're very much um, looking a little bit itchy and scratchy. Achtung, Mehlball. Half-time, listeners. Mill leading by two goals to nil. Um, a slightly strange half of football in many respects. We've, we've had plenty of opportunities to score. It should be, the scoreline should be something like 4-5-2. Um, Donkeys have also looked quite dangerous going forwards. So we've had the two early goals inside the first ten minutes. At least three golden opportunities to, for Mill to score. Spring to mind. Breakouts from defence. Balls across their penalty area that need only a touch or a tap home. Um, balls going inches wider of the Doncaster post. Uh, equally, Doncaster have had opportunities going forwards. They've had that ball flashing across our penalty area on occasions. Probably should have scored one or two of them. It should be should be a higher scoring match than it is. As it is, Mill lead it 2-0 at the break. I think that we are suffering a slight touch of fatigue from last Saturday's exertions. And we are guilty of the sin of looking a little bit casual at times on the ball. Um, that said, we would have taken 2-0 at the start of this, so... Um, if we finish this way, then it'll be happy days. More later. Achtung, Mehlball. We just had a comic moment, listeners. The arrival of Danny and Gesson into the mix. 55 minutes um, to resounding booze around the ground. I've forgotten he was playing for him, to be honest. I'll, I'll keep you updated on his progress as the second half goes along. Halfway through the second half, listeners. Mill still leading 2-0. Curious night of football in some respects. We continue to create chances whilst being off the boil. Um, it's an odd combination I do appreciate. We've had one or two good chances going forward. In fairness to Doncaster, they've also created one or two coming at us. They probably will count themselves unlucky not to have a goal in the bag. Um, as it is, we lead by 2-0. I'm just fearful we may have um, blown our, uh, you know, shot our bolt too early, rather like making love to a beautiful woman. You, may, uh, you don't want to peak too early, do you, listeners? You don't want to peak too early. As it is, we lead by 2-0, and we've got 23 minutes to go in the match. I'll uh, give you the full Monty at the end of, uh, end of the game.
Achtung, Mehlball. So, last few seconds of what has been an oddly flat performance by Mill, despite the 2-0 win. And I don't know how many golden chances to score, three or four, over the course of the game. We've looked slightly tired, we've looked a little bit flat-footed, a bit, a bit leaden, a bit like those old Sunday nights out after the big, big Saturday night the night before. You go out and be feeling a little bit, um, like, well, I don't know, a little voice saying you don't really want to be here. As it is, it's a win, and um, thank you very much. We'll take that. Donkish, the goalkeeper, just taking a bit of um, abuse for um, roughing up a ball boy down there. He did trying to get the ball off of him in the uh, last dying seconds of the game. Getting the, quite a bit of abuse down there at the Coldblow Lane in now. There it is, 2-0 Millwall. Um, a fair result overall. Donkish never really showed that much coming forwards. Three very valuable points. Touch of tide, this around the whole squad, I would say, tonight. Um, good start, good early burst. And then the rest of the game, we're slightly phoning it in at times, listeners. But that will do me very much, and it'll do this crowd that's in it tonight. That should do our uh, at least standing no harm at all. So we're going to be uh, coming back to you right after these messages. Achtung, Mehlball. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, little boy? Santa, I want a London Dockland Development Corporation T-shirt. Oh, well, it's no good coming to me for that, little boy. You need to visit cblthemag.spreadshirt.co.uk. they got thousands, thousands of different T-shirts on there, including your LDDC T-shirt tributes. Thank you, Santa, but I'm fucking off now. Christmas is coming, ladies and gentlemen, so why not visit cblthemag.spreadshirt.co.uk for all your Christmas T-shirt needs. As with everything that we do, all proceeds benefit the various charities that our magazine supports. Visit cblthemag.spreadshirt.co.uk now. All right, then, there's the Crazy Horse theme by the Osmonds to welcome Crazy Horse himself onto the show. Welcome welcome back to the show, Neil. Thank you, and that's my walk-on theme if I ever become a dance professional for those that <laughs> Dream on, mate, dream on. I've seen you play dance. <laughs> Talk about Tuesday night and that strange 2-0 victory over Doncaster. Um, I found it quite an odd game in some respects because... Um, a two-goal spread normally gives you a sense of um, comfort, and I, I felt uncomfortable all night watching that. I don't know how you found it. Yeah, well, yeah, it was very weird. I was chatting to Don Bone um, last night about it, actually. Yeah. And, and we both agreed it was kind of over after 10 minutes, and then it was a game Doncaster dominated, but we could have won about 5 or 6 nil. We, we missed um, chance upon chance, gilded edge chance upon chance in the first half, particularly, and, and to a degree in the second half. Yeah, that, that Morrison's crap, isn't he? The chances he misses. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, he, he was clearly hungry for his hat-trick. And that one that came across, I think it's one of those, it's the old cliche, like Gary Alexander Wembley. He yeah. had too much time to think about it. He did, rather, yeah. Rather than instinct, you know, he was trying to place it wider the keeper. And, you know, when I saw that goalkeeper, you know, he, he was so bloody tall, I thought we'd never beat him. And, you know, we beat him twice in 10 minutes. And I was thinking, you know, hang on, we could win 6-0 here and go into the playoffs on um, goal scored. <laughs> I mean, the first goal was was sloppy defending, but equally it took the, the striker's instinct to be in there and to make the challenge and to get the rebound and then it went. 
So that's kind of pretty classic um, old school centre forward work, isn't it? Um, the second goal was a quality strike, though, wasn't it? The free kick and then the volley into the net. I just thought that was one of the best goals I've seen at Millwall in, in some time. The second one was fantastic. He took it really well and, you know, buried it sweetly. But it's funny, the first one, um, they almost got caught out a couple of minutes before that. Well, it was only in the third minute, but I think it was about um, two minutes before that in the opening change, uh, exchanges. I think, who was it? I think it was either Aidan O'Brien or John, uh, John Gregory. Um, Gregory. John Gregory. John Gregory. <laughs> Bloody hell, he's come back from the dead. Um, <laughs> ran through and um, just couldn't capitalise. They were very sloppy to begin with. I think someone made the valid point that their five-man midfield, although as we're outnumbered, they weren't creating many chances. They had chances, and people saying oh, it could have been five five. But if you look back at their chances, you know they were nowhere near the goal. You know they were no, they were... crosses that came in that looked dangerous, but you know it would have took a, a miracle to actually steer the ball in from you know the angle they were leaping. They, they had the ball flying across our, our penalty area, across rather than toward goal. I, I, I take the point. Um, they 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 never really. But they never really looked dangerous. I do, I do agree. I'm just looking at the stats here on News at Den. What the remains of News at Den, such as it is, um, f- four shots on target for Millwall, zero shots on target for Doncaster. So, for all the possession and all the the crossing, um, there's nothing on the end of that, and that probably is going to be their downfall for the season. I would, I would say. Yeah, Archer didn't have a save to make, did he? No. Uh, and let's be honest. Um, although they did have that snapshot of about five, ten minutes to go where he did that stupid dive after the ball had passed him. Yep. I thought it was quite comical, but no one else probably would have picked up on that. <laughs> Failed to see um, the funny side, yeah. Yeah, but there, there was that kind of the witter zone when we entered that, when I suddenly thought, oh, hang on, we could lose it. We were giving away sloppy free kicks in front of goal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was just one of those nights where we kind of rode our luck. Um, you know, where we would have lost before. It it, it was kind of weird because in the second half, you know, Morrison brought a great save from the keeper. But I don't think we really tested the keeper apart from that, which was surprising. We seemed to kind of sit back and, you know, let him come on to us rather than going for that third killer goal, which I think their heads would have dropped. And then, you know, it probably would have been open season. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think the last time we've left um, uh, the den on a Tuesday night with a dissatisfying win. I, I just can't remember. It must be so many years ago now. So I suppose it feels a bit churlish to um, to moan about it, but it did feel an odd result at the end of the night, I've got to say. Well, not for me. That was the first time I've seen him win in ages, isn't it? Well, that's know? right. You're a midweek man, aren't you? <laughs> you know, I went through this barren run of, you know, hardly seeing him win. And, you know, I had to sit through... Great results like uh, Norwich 6-1 at Carrow Road on Boxing Day. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's the first time, you know, they looked like a solid outfit, uh, Mill. You know, yeah, it looked yeah. like the left, the flank in particular, looked more solid than it's been for years. Um, I thought Carlos Edwards looked a bit dodgy at times. Um, he, he seemed to slip over a couple of times, you know, and he wasn't his usual fluent self. But no, Beavers we... was immense. Beavers was immense in the middle. And I, I thought both uh, central midfielders, although outnumbered, did a job. I think everyone really did a job. Maybe not Lee Martin when he came on. But I think everyone did a job. <laughs> he never does a job, Neil, does he? No, I, I agree about Mark Beavers. I mean, he's, you know, he's, we've mentioned him in a couple of previous shows. I mean, he's just such an improved player. He's, he's acquiring a, a, a gravitas in the centre of defence now that... You know, again, is a revelation. We haven't seen that in some time. Yeah, um, the the thing, you know, that, that really uh, makes me um, quite laugh about Beavers. Funny enough, if he gets one more goal, I think he scored more this season than John Marcus has scored in his entire Millwall career. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's taken up that kind of Anton Rogan role where you know he, someone from defence is popping up and scoring the goals, which sounds like you know, yeah, it's a casual observation. But you know, you need goals from every area of the park. Um, you know, yeah. it's like when we got promoted from this division. Um, under 
Mark McGee years ago, we had four players who reached double figures for goals that season. You know, you can't just rely on the front two. And I think everyone's weighing in this season, which is good to see. Yeah, um, no, I, take, I agree. It takes the pressure off the likes of Morrison, who can then pop up and score two goals like that, like he did on Tuesday. Yeah, and then miss miss two or three more as well for good measure. So, um... Well, to be fair, I think the one that crossed, you know, he had too much time, that... that he just had too much time for that one. He, he missed a good header after that, but the header he pulled the save off um, in the second half, he was unlucky with the goal. You know, the goalkeeper being a couple of inches shorter, that would have gone in. Um, but he was such a giant, that goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sharing of the burden is, is an interesting point because um, Morrison does, he does a lot of work off the ball, as the, as the, as the cliche has it. Uh, but he does miss as many chances as he scores. So, you know, the, the, the idea that we can share it out amongst the midfield and, and the defenders and, and across the team is, is quite a, quite an interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's, it, it did tip the balance back in the, in the promotion season, back in the early 2000s. Yeah, uh, you know, Beavers is weighing in. You know, he's, he's been in the right place at the right time. But the fact that our centre-half scoring from set pieces is saying that we weren't doing under Holloway and to an extent Lomas unless, you know, Danny Shu got lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the settled side as well. A settled side, players know how to read each other's games. Um, I thought Martin had a good game at uh, left back. Joe Martin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously not Lee Martin. Not Lee Martin. Um, <laughs> but I thought Joe Martin did have um, a good game at left back. You know, you can tell when you've got a proper left back in your side, you know, a proper full back. I like him. I like and him. And he put, put in a cracking cross for Morrison when he headed over in the first half. But yeah, it was, it was a weird game because, you know, Doncaster, if they got one goal, you know, their heads would have been up and what mm. have you. But they just didn't look like scoring. They no. just didn't look like scoring and they looked like less like scoring when they brought on Danny and Gesson, um, which is kind of, you know, yeah. man on the guillotine. It's and like what... someone on a headache tablet, isn't it? Like, <laughs> his head cold. And what a warm welcome. Always good to welcome old friends back to them. What a warm welcome Danny got as well. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was quite hard. You know, he was so crap that people even got bored of giving him jit. <laughs> <laughs> saying something, isn't it? Now, you're a football obscurantist, and I have never, genuinely never heard of AFC Fylde, who've drawn in the first round of the FA Cup. Are they a club that has come across your radar at all, Neil, in your time? They are, because my old company sponsored them in the FA Cup last season. Oh, really? Okay. Um, we sponsored six non-league sides in the first round in the FA Cup, Yeah. Um, including Basing Soaps and AFC Fylde and um, four others, obviously, and they all got knocked out. Um, <laughs> it was so, kiss of death uh, for them, wasn't it? Yeah, but, but um, I had to deal with all the sponsorship, and it was quite weird because um, Thurrock was one of them as well. Yeah, yeah came to mind they had West Ham's team coach funny enough which um, I wasn't happy about but there you go <laughs> um, but um, I had to deal with all the sponsorship and I think it was either filed or someone else they were so low down actually I don't think it was filed it could have been one of the others that the manager was actually organising the, the new shirts with the sponsors on right that's yeah, right. yeah didn't have a commercial department at all it's real like football real school and you know real yeah. like Sunday league football yeah but yeah I had come across them before okay um, clearly a team that have what have risen at the top of the I think it's the the Northern um, National Northern League yeah um, so probably on a palm guessing with the likes of Sutton and and uh, uh, Dartford now I guess at that level I, I would imagine so not a game to be taken lightly I, I do think we should have enough to to get past them one would hope anyway at the den yeah it's a bit like the RMI a few years back yeah. you know, they had their tails up when they came to the den and you know they were goal behind and pretty much out of it after the first minute but I still remember Woking 
Um, right, yeah. Having said that, we should have beaten Woke in that year, you know, especially at their place. Slough, I think. I'm old enough to remember Slough, Slough in the early 80s. Yeah, you know, but we've had our upsets against non-league sides. So, yeah, it, it, it's, actually, who was it? It was Stains, wasn't it, we, we played? We went to Morrison Stains. from three yards out. Yeah, we went to Stains and yeah. we, we beat them in the replay. Yeah. And, I, and I've got this dim, dim memory of the 70s. I think we played Croydon. And yes, we did 79 79 80, and I think that was a t- I think did we lose to Croydon over two? No, or? no, we drew, and we drew we in the replay. Okay, uh, they, we played the first game at Selhurst Park. Yes, yes, that's right, because they, they played on the park pitch, practically, I think, in Croydon. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. so yeah, we, we have we do have <laughs> we have struggled against non league opposition. Let's hope not against Fylde. It's going to be an interesting, um. Um, fixture. I mean, we, we, clearly we've never played them at all. So you know, a bit of a, a bit of a historical fixture in that sense. Yeah. Well, AFC Wimbledon non-league when we played them for the first time. Uh, AFC. Um, no, they were. Oh, that, it was, yeah, was it League Cup? Were they were on the the upper reach. No, we played, um, did we play in the League Cup? I can't remember. Did they, they have a system in the League Cup where some of the upper reach um, conference sides, as it was, were, were in the first? Got oh, into we, we yeah we played in the League Cup. So I remember because they they filled out the entire. Or were, they, were they a League Two side at that point? I can't remember. Possibly Maybe. or non-league. I just remember them being the worst team I'd ever seen in my life. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> that, um, they had. A, I always remember this, and I'd still tell people that and laugh. They had a free kick, and we had a one-man wall. <laughs> and their free kick taker managed to hit the one man. And now it was Danny Shooter, you could understand that. It was Mark Laird. It was thinner one of the goalposts. It was fucking awful. We, yeah, we won 4-1. We went in 2 0 and they scored, but there's like three minutes to go and everyone got excited at their end. It was like, we all just, I think Danny Schofield scored and then um, Jason Price then and added another, like, you know, oh, we can't be bothered with this. We'll just no. run round you and put it in the net. They were awful. They were bloody awful. Let's hope for a repeat against Fylde. I mean, it'd be, it'd be nice if the ground generally is open. I would imagine it's just going to be the upper um, tiers of the West End and probably the Cold Low Lane ends. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that. Um, you know, you need. I think you need fans at pitch side. Um, I do. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sanitised atmosphere. You know, even if it's you, you know, even if you, I know it's cheaper to open the upper uh, echelons of the den, but you, you just kind of need that kind of little frisson. You know, the you know the little spark between the players and the fans. Otherwise, it's just dead. It's like you know, watching a reserve game, isn't it? Very much so. That's fantastic. Now I'm going to let you get away to your Viking program. Now I know you're keen to get watch the. It's like an intellectual version of Game of Thrones, listeners. I understand without the, well, you know, I watched it the dwarf sex I'm, without the dwarf sex. I'm still waiting to hear the Viking theme come out. You know, the whole cast. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. It's like waiting for Mills to be mentioned on Danny Baker. I'm going to go eight episodes, and right at the end they're going to go. <laughs> I think you'll wait a long time for Mills to get mentioned on Danny Baker's comedy shows. But there we go. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's all about aiming for. Middle England, apparently. Precisely. Fantastic stuff, Neil. That's Crazy Hawks listeners. Many, many thanks, mate. And I'll talk to you soon. Achtung, Mehlball. So there we are. Only Millwall can have a two. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It'll win where you actually sit on the edge of your seat feeling uncomfortable, but that's what we managed to achieve. The effect of that is to put us just two places short of the magic six spot. There's a ball into the box headed down onto the middle defence there, rolls through to Jordan Archer. No danger there. Five and a half minutes into the game, first opportunity, I suppose you'd call that for Bradford. It went nowhere. So, yeah, only Millwall can establish a, a substantial two-goal spread lead and then somehow manage to make you sit um, wondering if one goal might lose it for us. But there, hey, there we are. Why would we follow any other club listeners? Fantastic midfield tackle by Jules Saville there, whose loan has been extended, of course, by that kindly old um, buffer Kenny Jacket for another month at least, to at least buy some time till the likes of Abdu and Ed Upson may or may not be returning in, uh, in December. Savile's been a revelation for me since he's come down from Wolves. He does both, the, I was saying outside, both the tackling and the passing side of the midfield role to perfection for us. It'd be a real asset if we can get hold of him for the season. Let's dream, let's dream a little bit, listeners. Let's dream of Jules Savile for the whole season. Come on. Join me with it now. Let's, let's all unite and, and do a, a kind of an OM type of thing where the whole world unites and wanting Kenny to agree. A season-long loan for Joel Savile. It's Steve Morrison down the right-hand side. He wins a, a corner. Millwall. Seven minutes come out for the eighth minute of the game. Good work by Steve Morrison. First opportunity for the Lions to get the ball into the Bradford box. You can hear the crowd rising to the occasion, can't you? Ball swung in. Into the six-yard box, it's punched clear by the Bradford goalkeeper in a kind of a luminous orange, all-orange strip with uh, kind of a burgundy under, undershirt of some sort, I think. Bradford wearing a strange kit today. It's all burgundy with a kind of a checkerboard uh, amber, I suppose you'd call it, amber design in the front. I suppose you could play drafts or chess on it if you didn't you got bored with a football, that kind of shirt. Ten minutes gone, and it's been largely Bradford coming at us for the first ten. We've had that one chance of a corner. Um, apart from that, it's been pretty much Mill on the back foot. Bradford passing the ball around and coming at us, but with no end product as yet to report. Ten minutes gone, nil-nil. Speaking before the game, the Bradford team seems to have been practising on taking abuse, coming to the den. Hanson, their, their striker, who of course we famously chased after for a brief period in the summertime, was saying how they're all ready for the abuse, the torrents of abuse that away teams get at the den. And um, he's, he's almost kind of named himself as the likeliest recipient of said abuse. Um, because we, was, we feel thwarted, I guess. I, I suppose we're feeling like we should, we should have that striker who looks to me to be just like your, your average big old lump up front. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to get that much abuse. No one really gives a shit too much about Bradford City, do they? Yeah, they come down the left-hand side. It's going to go for a Bradford corner. 12 minutes gone. Maybe they'll get a bit of abuse now in front of the cold blow lane. I hope they do. I've been practising for it all week. Let's see how, how they can handle it. Having been, I have the vision of the manager shouting, come at them all the time. Every time they go at the ball, you come. 
Anyway, here comes the corner. They're pushing and shoving in the middle there. Ball's coming deep, deep, deep. Jordan Archer takes it quite well, quite comfortably. Ball's crossed in now by Carlos Edwards towards Steve Morrison. Who nods it on as Lee Gregory tips it over the bar from close range on the edge of the six-yard box. A chance, real chance. Nice little nod down by Steve Morrison into his sidekick, Lee, uh, Lee Gregory, who flicked it high over the bar in truth when he probably should have done better. 13 minutes gone, 14th approaches. Hanson just pulling back Sean Williams in the middle there on 17 minutes, doing his best to attract abuse, in my opinion. Maybe he gets off on abuse, I don't know. I, I have read about such people on the, on the net, on the internet. Get kind of a sexual turn on from being abused. You can have to excuse the sounds of a cheese and onion sandwich, listeners. This is the um, level of professionalism this podcast operates at. I'm just sneaking myself a sneaky little cheese and onion sandwich that I bought earlier on. Coming up for 20 minutes into the game. So excuse any sounds of um, mastication that might be going on. Bradford back on the attack again. Ball into the box. Bobbling around the 44. It goes clattering. Appeals for a penalty. Turned away by the referee. I've seen them given, listeners. Anyway, we've, we've, we've got to have a hold. Dodge the bullet. 21 minutes. 21 and a half minutes. Halfway through the first half. Bit of a battle of two similar sides in some respects. Mill standing off Bradford. Inviting them on. Neither side are afraid of the long ball. Their main weapon, obviously, is this James Hansen. A physical side, similar to us in many respects. It's nil-nil. I would say it's probably marginally in favour of Bradford so far, but there's not an awful lot in it. Back to me cheese and onion sandwich, listeners. And every time I seem to have a bite in my cheese and onion sandwich, a Millwall move starts to develop. There's another free kick. Shane Ferguson's going to take again. Once again, he's got Gregory, he's got Beavers, and he's got Morrison to aim at. I'm holding on my next bite of sandwich where I can bring you this without the fear of food particles flying all over your speakers. Ball bubbles right inside the penalty and is cleared decisively by the Bradford defence. I'm going to return to my sandwich again. With Gregory into the box. And he overruns it. The goal kick. Goal kick. Opportunity for a moment for Lee Gregory to break into the box. I think he was as surprised as anyone that he had the ball at his feet. He just overtouched it and it's gone off for a goal kick. 25 minutes. One thing I do want to say thank you to everyone for is the support for the poppy badges that we were selling outside the ground today with the uh, what the, the, with the magazine. Um, we, we sold out, basically. We sold over 200 badges. I'm hopeful that we make a substantial donation to the Royal British Legion Poppy Fund, which is a fantastic cause, beloved of all Millwall fans' hearts. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone for purchasing those, those badges. <laughs> Referee giving a decision against Millwall, as you can hear. On the attack, the ball trying to find Shane Ferguson, but uh, pushing, spotted by the referee. Bradford, one of the more physical sides that we face this season. They just seem to be prevailing slightly in midfield as we approach the 29th to 30th minute of the first half. Um, we're, not, we're not up against it, but it's, it's, a, it's a battle to be won here, listeners. Uh, and they've come here to mix it. We were just stri- slightly struggling to unpick the... The lock that is the Bradford defence at the moment, passing the ball around with a little bit more artistry. As I said, that Savalo misses it completely. Commentator's curse, listeners. The commentator's curse. It's Carlos Edwards, picks up a loose ball in midfield. He's on a roll towards the edge of the penalty area, still going. Edge of the penalty area, shoots just over the bar. Fantastic run and shot from the edge of the penalty area, probably about a yard high. Carlos Edwards, 31 minutes. Bradford shot on goal. From the edge of the penalty area, about two or three yards wide. Archer at full stretch had it covered, but it was actually wider mark. Going to be another Bradford long throw in from the right hand side as we 
approach the 37th minute of the game. It's launched in towards the six-yard box. It's bobbing around, bouncing. Oh, put over inches from the line by the 44. Oh, close, close shave there, listeners. It was a, a long throw and allowed to bounce a couple of times. Mill in trouble defensively there. Jordan Archer is ripping Sean Williams, a, a new arsehole, basically, for allowing that ball to get so close to goal. The, 40, the 44 really should have done better there. He was within, what, a yard or two of the goal line. He's managed to put it over the bar. Jordan Archer incensed by that slack defensive work. I'll tell you what, he's a goalkeeper that is not afraid to dig out his, his, his um, senior colleagues in front of him. That's good to see. Bradford really working the old midfield, denying space to Millwall. There's the half-time whistle, 0-0. Um, we're being denied space to operate in midfield. Somehow the, the tactical uh, decision that awaits Neil House is how we unlock that midfield battle because we are not winning any time or space on the ball. Every time we do have the ball there, they've got two or three claret shirts in front of us denying us time and opportunity. Um, consequently, we're going long and that has its, has its place. It's just not been very effective in that first half. There we are, nil-nil at the break. Achtung. Mailball. Stinging Paul's podcast. I'd sooner go out and see a bleeding horror film, I said, nothing like that. A fortnightly show where we review classic and not so classic movies. A truly fine professional piece of work taking a look at some of your favourite movies of all time. I'm ready to go. I'm really ready to go. Well, not. You can find all our previous episodes on our website, stinkingpaws.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Stinking Paws, or join the Facebook group. The majesty and grandeur of the English language is the greatest possession we have. And it needed something to sort of... Uh, give it a brush of allure. It needed something to give it a, it needed something to give it a, uh, I can't say, I can never say, I always say fresh of breath there. Brilliant. The noblest thoughts ever flow through the hearts of men are contained in its extraordinary, imaginative and musical mixtures of sound. Probably good not to do a podcast if you can't say basic English. Yeah. Yeah. A few half-time tweets here for your listeners. John Kelly, the Suffolk News, says that was a really cagey first half. And he can't see it being that different after the break. I think you're right, John. It was cagey. I personally thought Bradford probably strung it on, on the balance of play. But um, it's, it's a very much a physical battle compared with some of the recent home games we've seen. David Turner says that was a poor first half from Millwall. We're not showing enough attacking threats, says David. We've certainly struggled. We, we've got the ball forwards on occasions, but the, the final ball into the box, the, the, the creation of space to get the shot on goal, no, that's been certainly lacking. I do agree with you there, David. Mark Litchfield says he doesn't care what anyone says. He would still take Hanson, James Hanson, now. For someone of his size, he's quite a mobile player, and he's also very good in the air. It's funny, the player that stood out for me for Bradford has been there 44, the bloke with an absolute sitter. How he missed it, I'll never know. Um, but he's actually done quite well... For me, whereas Hanson, yeah, I think he's done the kind of um, the physical side of it. I do agree. It's been a physical battle, but he stood out less than the 44 for me. This is Millwall says that Michael Jackson's thriller was played earlier on. For all you child molesters in the Bradford end. 
no, no, no comment on that. Mr. Glass Half Empty is complaining about the half-time fancy dress competition. Claiming a fix, a FIFA-style fix. There was a Lion outfit out there that didn't win, which he says was a nailed-on winner. Uh, I think there should be a court of inquiry. I mean, if anyone from the club is listening to this, I do agree with Mr. Glass Half Empty. The Lion was the clear winner. Um, fix, I'm not going to make those kinds of comments until I've got real evidence to support that allegation. But I can, I can see where you're coming from, Mr. Glass Half Empty. It doesn't look right. Half-time fancy dress competition may have been bent. Millwall halfway line says it's been a fascinating and finely balanced half, with perhaps Bradford slightly edging it, I'd agree. Much more physical, but by no means dirty. It's a big second half awaiting for Millwall. Uh, Stuart Mace follows that up and says he feels Aidan O'Brien has been on the periphery in that first half and has been well nullified. True on both counts there, chaps. Achtung, Millwall. Both teams out for the second half. As the Beatles play their Hey Jude number. Hey dude, hey Jude. Not hey dude. Hey Jude. Going to be a big half for Millwall. As Millwall halfway line has correctly pointed out. Big win if we can pull this off. We're up against it at times in that first half. We can press on and get the, the crowd into it. Get a few chances going. This will be a major league win. It'll put us into the top six. Where we want to be. Away we go. Millwall attacking the cold blow lane end in the second half, as is traditional, as is right, as is proper. Sean Williams on the right side, so I'm halfway through a... I'm sure you don't tune in this show to hear what I'm eating, but I'm actually halfway through a yoghurt and nut bar. Um, uh, you're interested, are you? Oh, OK. Eat natural. Eat natural, kids. So, anyway, there's my, then my, um, my, my intake for the game. They're all dutifully listed on this podcast. A couple of cheese and onion sandwiches, and then a yoghurt and nut bar washed down by a little water. Nice. Mill on the attack. Little one-two. Steve Morrison with two defenders in front of him. Going to roll out for a Millwall throw over by the right-hand side. Corner flag. First minute of the second half. A little, little bit of a header into play. They almost finds Aiden O'Brien on the right-hand side. Coming up for the 49th minute of the game. Mill on the attack. The number four for uh, Bradford hobbling around. He was down on the floor for a while. Ball into the box. There's cleared up high over the Bradford goal. Going to give a bit of a surge to the den. Mill taking advantage of the Bradford floor being on the floor. He's complained to the referee that the, guy, the game should have been stopped, or arguing probably that Mill should have put the ball out of play, but fuck all that. It's going to be a Mill corner, just gone 50 minutes. Ferguson again, on the left side, pumps it in deep, deep, deep. Goalkeeper punches it clear at the last ditch. And Bradford 44 on the attack now, goes past Joe Martin, takes it a little bit too far into the corner. He looks a dangerous player for me, this boy, this 44, 52 minutes gone. Opportunity on it, oh, fantastic tackle there by, who was that, Shane Williams? Excuse me, Tony Crave. Tony Craig crunching tackle, last ditch stand there, the Bradford strike was lining up to shoot from the edge of the penalty area. Craig went in like the, the brave, brave man that he is, he's hobbling away from that challenge. This doesn't look so good, he's taking some treatment. That was a last ditch stand uh, tackle there, match saving tackle potentially, if they'd have scored there, we'd have been up against it double, big time. Craig's going to have to come out of the game, he's injured himself in that tackle listeners. That was a goal saving tackle, and he's hopping off the field now to applause from all around the den. He's going to bring in Byron Webster on 54 minutes. We're on the break, is Lee Gregory just on the edge of the Bradford penalty? He's got no one up with him. Dispossession from behind, no free kick given. Byron in with a strong tackle there. Immediate response from the crowd. Strong tackle on the 17 as Bradford come forward. Still on the attack. Crowd recognising the commitment of the players and giving it back. 
Millwall coming forwards now. Morrison plays it backwards, trying to find Carlos Edwards. Crowder into this. Long ball forwards trying to find Steve Morrison. It's over here. 57 minutes. Coming up for the 60th minute of the game. Millwall much brighter in the second half. We've opened up with more intent and more purpose. Um, it's still 50-50, but we're looking a lot brighter in this second half. Fred's coming into the game on 61. Who's coming out? It's going to be Shane Ferguson coming out of the game. Fred coming in to press on. It's an attacking move. George Savile unusually dispossessed on the halfway line. Bradford on the break. 44 is breaking wide. The four's got the ball. Plays it wide now. It's a 29 over on the far right side of the middle defence. Back across the box. Carlos Edwards clears it. Danger's not over yet. The two just outside the middle penalty area now. Bradford back on the attack. 29 now. Closed down by Joe Martin in very, very well. Bit of sloppy play there by George Savile. Unusual for him. Unusual for the boy. 65 minutes. Halfway through the second half, listeners. Bradford pressing back into the game. They're a little bit on the back foot in the opening period. But now as the half reaches the halfway point, they're coming forwards more at us as they did in that first period. Byron Webster does well to win it. It's Fred. What will Fred do? On the attack. Wins space in midfield. Fred's still going. He's taken by the 29 on the halfway line. That must be a yellow card. And so it is. Mill free kick on the halfway line. Good run there by Fred. Great tackle there by Jules Seven, making up that early area there. I, don't, I think that hurt him. He's made all made up for it with a fantastic tackle there to win the ball. All bobbing forwards. The orange-clad keeper takes it on 68 minutes. Nil-nil. Sunshine giving way to the drawing in of the evening now. We're, we're past the... We're into the winter... What's it called? Not Greenwich. Greenwich meantime. Winter time, isn't it? So the floodlights are on. The skies are darkening. Savile flicks the ball forward. Aidan O'Brien finds Lee Gregory in... Inside, back to Savile, back to Storm Morrison, excuse me. Right-hand side is Sean Williams, tipped over the bar by the orange goalkeeper. The spill chance of the game. Nice little bit of interchange, shot on goal from Shane Williams. Sean Williams, tipped over the bar by the goalkeeper. 73 minutes gone, middle corner, floated in by Williams, long, deep, high. Beavers at the back post, heads over, it's going to be a goal kick. I'll tell you what, Savile is a committed, committed player. Given that he's only here on loan, he's certainly going flying into tackles. And he doesn't leave anything in the dressing room, let's put it that way. Great player. If we can retain him, as we said before, be a fantastic acquisition for the club for whatever period of time we can get hold of him for. Got up for the last 15 minutes, listeners, nil-nil. Nil very much in the ascendancy at the moment. But you, can, you cannot discount Bradford when they come forwards. They've still got the uh, ability to hurt us. Fantastic work back, tracking back by Aidan O'Brien this is that applause for that work the crowd recognised what Aidan O'Brien did there commitment that's what the crowd wants that's what the crowd applaud sky pink over South Bermondsey at the moment probably all the industrial pollution but it's quite beautiful set against the, uh, the brilliance of the Mill floodlights it's almost transcendental anyway back to the match it's 0-0 still 10 minutes to go Long throw forwards by Carlos Edwards, trying to find Steve Morrison in the box. He heads it down, cleared again by the Bradford defence. They've been first to every knockdown, every falling ball in that penalty area. They've been first to it this off. A little bit of slackness there from Carlos Edwards, allows Bradford the chance to break forwards. Coming down the left-hand side. Seven down in front of me. You've got Edwards back in front of him now. Mill back in defence now. Ball crossed into the box. It's going to be taken by Jordan Archer. Gregory does a nice little turn, beautiful little turn. Surging forward run now, he's into the, the Bradford half, got Morrison up there with him, making a run, he's run himself into trouble, he's got Fred just inside of him, somehow keeps hold of possession, he's now got Carlos Edwards now, Bradford back in defence, Fred just outside the penalty area, Fred shoots, he's blocked, he's bound to Carlos Edwards, 
right hand side he's got Saville now Fred doing a one two this Saville inside the penalty area gets cleared too many bodies in front in the end listeners a little bit over reliant on long ball today I mean it's been our one tactic long ball forwards trying to find Steve Morrison trying to find Lee Gregory um, the best times we've got forwards we've, we look to move it uh, along the, the byline down to the byline just a little bit over reliant on the long ball today I feel clash of heads between Fred and the uh, Bradford player there it's all, it's all getting a bit leery down below us looked accidental from what I saw of it I didn't see anything of any intent in the, in the actual clash player's gone down holding his head Fred's walking around shaking his head Words being exchanged on the benches down below me. What's the referee going to do here? Come up for the second minute of extra time. Bradford 17, I think it is. He's having his eyes tested for concussion, so he must have taken a clatter. I really didn't see enough of it, even though I was just above this incident. If there was maliciousness in it, I didn't see it. It looked like some kind of accident. Referee's not going to do anything with Fred. I think that's the right decision. It, didn't, it looked like an accidental collision more than anything. The bloke looks like he's a little bit out on his feet. Number, number seven. There's the final whistle, nil-nil it finishes, nil-nil it started, nil-nil it finishes. Two, akin to two boxers, slugging it out for 90 minutes, neither one really having a knockout punch sufficient to put the other man down, both sides shaking hands. It was a good, strong physical contest. We'll take a point from what's been a pretty successful week one way or the other, so I suppose we shouldn't moan. Um, neither side really had created enough to overtly win the match. So there it is. Mill nil, Bradford nil. We're going to be right back after these messages with a little bit of chit-chat with Mr Charlie Mahoney. Achtung, Mailball. Big welcome back on the show to an old voice, Charlie Mahoney. Welcome back, Charlie. How are you doing? Well, I'm quite happy, actually. It's odd. I've been reading a few online tweets about moaning about this and moaning about that, and it's actually been a pretty good week to be a Mill fan. I mean, I know we drew nil-nil today, but that was that was the end of a grinding week for Mill, and we've come out with what um, seven seven points out of a possible nine. So that's I call that a good week. That's looking all right. I mean, I noticed when it was coming out of the ground, and I've seen a few of the tweets as well. There seemed to be two quite opposite reactions to the game. Some people think we played all right. It was a decent. I think I've seen it described as a disciplined performance, and uh, others felt we never really got going and I'm, I think I'm somewhere in the middle of that to be honest Nick we, they, they came with a, a similar game plan to the way the one that we have Charlie I thought they matched us physically um, they matched us in terms of their defensive organisation and it was you know it was whoever was going to take the first chance was going to win that game and both teams came close absolutely I was quite impressed by Bradford in a way because you know they weren't technically anything terrific but um, I thought they were well drilled they were organised and yeah they came to the den for a point and, and they got it in a, in a quite a mindful sort of way I mean I thought their, their best chance to win the match and they, they probably had that opportunity in the first half the 44 I don't know what his name is um, we don't we do not do opposition names on this show but the 44 seemed to have a chance almost on the goal line and he managed to sky it when it was easier to score Um that was somewhere around the middle part of the first half of memory. Until that point, it had been... I thought Bradford had the balance of the first half, but we weren't entirely out of it. But that was a, that was a screaming chance I missed there. Yeah, I would say they were superior first half. I, I just think we were totally fragmented in that first 45 minutes and we couldn't really get a move going. No. And, uh, it wasn't so dissimilar to the Doncaster game the other night in, in so much as 
other than the chances we created, I think we conceded a lot of the midfield play, didn't get hold of it and uh, didn't really look like much of a home side, if I'm being harsh. You know, I, I think it was crucial that we didn't concede before the halfway point, otherwise it would have been a very different result. Been hard. I mean, I, I, I thought they killed the space in midfield. I, I was watching Savile, who clearly has become our danger man in, in a very short space of time in midfield, uh, both the, the kind of winner of the ball and the and the creator of, of, of moves. And every time he got the ball, they seemed to have at least two players, if not three players, in front of him in a, in a kind of a pack. And they did that a lot to us. They we, they denied us space in midfield for good reason, because they know that we can hurt them if if we get that time and space. And whenever we did get any kind of movement going, we, we looked quite dangerous, especially in the second period. I thought we looked a lot better. It's a really nice indication of where we're at, that when I see teams come to the den now, you know, they've done their homework and they're staying close to our threats and... This just didn't happen last year or even at the beginning of the season. We are now considered a force and I think that's really strong evidence that we're going in the right direction. Yeah, no, there's one or two voices online moaning about Lee Gregory up front and I, 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 to an extent I, I I know what they're saying, but one or two voices going on about Neil Harris not being the right man for the job. I, I just think he's transformed us. Um, given where we were and where we are now, uh, the man's doing a job. I don't know what more he could be expected to do with the resources available. I'm not even sure if this is entirely his team either, to be honest. He's not signed an abundance of players and the main thing with Harris for me is that I'm more relieved than anything that he hasn't turned out to be a disaster and we haven't had to experience him getting total abuse. And No, I don't understand that. I think we're going in the right direction and I think he's doing well in particular. As for Gregory, I thought he was quite poor today and he wasn't great the other night against Doncaster, but... I certainly don't agree with booing him as he's uh, leaving the pitch. I don't see how that benefits anyone, mate. No, I mean, just looking at a tweet here from Jamie Manners, who I follow, and um, as he rightly points out, it was a clean sheet today against a team that only nine months ago put seven past us. Yeah. Uh, and that, that should stand as a marker of how Neil Harris has eradicated the rot, which he, I think he has, Charlie. Um, and he goes on about Lee Gregory. He doesn't like to be picked on, but what a team we'd be if Lee Gregory could score goals. I do think that Gregor is probably looking increasingly like the weak link up front. He had a couple of chances today where he just took one touch too many going forwards, where a, a more instinctive striker might have, you know, worked space, got the shot away in one movement, but he, he's just taking an extra touch. But he certainly works hard, Charlie. I can't, I can't knock the man's work rate at all. Oh, definitely. I, I think what you see with Gregory is a classic example of a player who. When they were successful, they were playing at a level in which they got a lot more time on the ball, a lot more time to make totally, decisions, yeah. and, and you know, possibly have a few more touches. Were really uh, apparent examples of that today. But um, yeah, he works hard. So I, I don't dislike him. I'm not. Re- I, I'm not sure he's going to turn out to be much of a player for us. But that does happen. You know, we've got to get out of this mind state of thinking that every player we sign from non-league is going to be like a. Morrison or Vardy yeah. or, or the new Neil Harris. I mean, I, th- I think you know the, the the classic signing was, I suppose, Harris. He came to us from non-league. I think it was Cambridge City or something like that, and he's come to us. He's a similar stature to to Lee Gregory, a goal scorer, and obviously the rest is history in in his case. But but you're right. Um, Gregory has his has his good um, side, but he's, he doesn't seem to be the goal machine that. Um, you know, maybe we 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 wanted, um, but that's that's hard on him because that's quite a billing to live up to, isn't it? When you're you're coming in from a, a much lower level, definitely. I think uh, in some ways there was more pressure on him last year, though, because he was a new sign and we hadn't 
really brought anyone else in. There was something of of a kind of um, main man sort of status about him last year, but now I actually think there were people waiting in the wings. There were even people elsewhere on the pitch you could move up front. So if this sort of persists, then it's not the end of the world because we have got other options. Well, the other options, I mean, clearly, I mean, the, the main man, I think, at the moment in the side must be Steve Morrison up front. I, I thought he put in a fantastic shift today, um, winning balls that he doesn't often have many rights to be winning. He's not the most physical player, contrasting with Hanson for Bradford today, who is a, a much um, lumpier kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's a classic English centre forward. But Morrison does bring a bit more intelligence to his play. It's a, it's a big comparison, but I, I I think of Teddy Sheringham when I see Steve Morrison in many respects. He's like a like the, the Teddy Sheringham's brother that never never made it quite as far as he did. You know, he's, he's got the same intelligence about his wide play and and where he places the ball. I think he's rapidly improving. I think uh, the sort of two or three goals that he scored recently have done him the world of good. I think there's more to come from him this season. I actually think that he can play even better. Although I would agree that today was a decent performance. He's status in the team isn't really under threat whereas no. Gregory's is and you know if we get a few more games of Gregory putting in performance like performances like that I envisage Harris will put someone like O'Brien up the f- up front with him or maybe even uh, consider someone like Fred because you know um, we're becoming a force now when it's, it's imperative that we keep taking chances and uh well, that's right. We we you know we 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 do waste a lot of chances. We wasted a lot of chances on Tuesday night, and we wasted some chances today. I mean, there was there was a a great chance halfway through the second half for um, Sean Williams. I I thought he'd shot it, but apparently the report online said he'd headed it. But it was a a fantastic save by the Bradford goalkeeper. Um, but you, you know, this was a game where you're not going to get many chances, contrasted with some of the other teams we've played lately. And that's where you do need your forwards to to snap those chances up. I do think that Aidan O'Brien looks the more dangerous um, partner for Steve Morrison in the middle. Uh, precisely. I think there was a bit of an issue today, the wide players. I'm not really knocking O'Brien or Ferguson, but I felt we were just a bit too narrow. So there were so many chances um, to build something where even Martin or Edwards had the ball with quite a lot of space, but the winger was playing in quite a central position and there was no outlet. Yeah. I think, you know, if you book perhaps Fred and Martin on the pitch instead, you might see a little bit more width and um, to me we looked a lot more convincing when we tried to go out wide today and get behind them rather than just going straight down the middle I think that played into their hands but I think what's good is that I think we're capable of better and you know if you're still producing results when you're not playing at your best I think that suggests that the future is very bright and I also like the fact that Harris's um, post-match comments are all about identifying the things we got wrong as well. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything. He's pretty calm. He's, he's confident. And I think he knows more than anyone that we aren't the finished article yet. No, no, by, by, by some stretch as well. Let's go through the team, do our marks out of 10, Charlie. I'm going to see what, what, you, what you make of some of the marks that I've given today. Um, beginning with Jordan Archer in goal. And I've, I've just put um, a note to myself who's calmed this without being called upon to do over, overly much today. There weren't that many direct chances on goal for um, Bradford. I'll give him a 6 out of 10 just purely because I didn't think he had that much work to do um, from a goalkeeping perspective. There was a lot of pressure, but not much in the way of direct shots on goal. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. A 7 or an 8 would have implied that he had a real impact on, on the kind of outcome of the game but like you say he wasn't really called on that much when he was required to do something he did it with this sort of utmost uh, confidence and professionalism and I am a big fan of him so yeah 
I, I think when we get in situations where we do need him to really produce the goods, he will. I mean, the, the defence and the goalkeeper come hand in hand, and as as the defences look more settled, so Jordan Archie, you know, whether one induces that in the other, I don't know, but he certainly does look a calm presence. He took a lot of crosses today, and he took them quite calmly and well, and I I just think that must be a real reassurance to the to the back line to have him standing behind you. Um, Carlos Edwards looked a little bit, um, I don't know if shaky is the right word. He was just maybe he was just feeling the pace again. There was been, it's been three games in or two games for him in the week. Um, just a little slow on occasion. I'll give him a 6 out of 10, Carlos, today. But he sets quite high standards for himself, Charlie, doesn't he? He does, but I think at the moment you're seeing a player who's a bit reticent to sort of get into the thick of games because he's come back from that term injury. Although, as much as it was one of his his, uh, weaker games, I would say, there was still that moment in the first half when he went on the run. and uh, Yeah, that was a fantastic run. Yeah, that's that's right. 37-year-old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to keep that in mind. I mean, again, you know, the, the high standards and and the high the high bar we set for Carlos Edwards, and you do forget that he is at that advanced age, and that run was quite something to watch. Um, I mean, the shot was was just high in the end, but um, he, he snaked through that defence, and it, it almost supplied the artistry that we were lacking on on occasions today. Yeah, I think it was even more you know striking because there weren't many opportunities and many instances of of quality so uh, no. I appreciated the fact that he he sort of became frustrated and took the onus on himself to try and make something happen I mean talking about quality I, I mean I've put um, both Beavers Mark Beavers and Tony Craig on sevens that I thought they were both in their different ways imperious in, in central defence they they had a hard day's work today they had a, a tough team to, to handle and both did very very well I, I'm loving Mark Beavers and I think Craig you saw the very best of him today with that um, goal saving tackle um, about halfway through the second half when Bradford were lined up to shoot that was a real crunching tackle he got himself injured in the process but that says commitment like nothing else for me Fantastic wasn't it and I really appreciate the fact that they're both left footed and still play so well together Um, I think when Webster came on for Craig I think we looked slightly more comfortable because you didn't have that issue No, but as you say Beavis and Craig have nullified two of the more well-known strikers in our division today and, and kept their amount of touches in the second half down to an absolute minimum. So I've given both 7 out of 10. I just think that was a quality performance from the central defence. Um, Joe Martin on the left, I, I like him. I don't know if you've seen much of him this season, uh, Charlie, but I think he's given a real sense of balance to that left side since he's come into the team. He, he was up against it a little bit today. The Bradford were coming down the flanks quite a bit, so... You know, he had his work cut out today, but I just think he does bring a certain reliability in the left-back role. I've I've been quietly impressed by him. I think he's getting better all the time. He looks more natural in that position than Craig does. And, um, yeah, I like, yeah. Him. I like him as much as I could like the son of a West Ham legend. <laughs> Not that we hold grudges, damn it, then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I've, I've, he had his work cut out today. I mean, the, the, the real work, I think, the real battle today was in midfield, and I think that we we didn't quite we didn't win the battle, but we certainly didn't lose it either um, across the whole four in midfield. O'Brien, um, I think, was probably found it the toughest uh, of, the, of the bunch today. Um, I thought he was just a little bit quiet by his own high standards. I've given him a six out of ten. I would have liked to have seen him probably play more centrally today as, as the game wore on and. I just thought he was a little bit quiet by his own standards. I think he had a poor game, um, but I think that's okay. I, th- I think that's to be expected because he's been excellent this season. Mm. If someone at his age with his lack of experience is turning out brilliant performances every single week, 
you know, if that was the case, he'd already be on the books at somewhere like Everton by now, I think. So um, I, th- I think we've got to be patient with O'Brien and uh, appreciate the fact that he won't play brilliantly every single time. I think you do tend to forget that he is quite, you know, early on in his footballing career and he's still got to learn his trade. Um, he's still at the start rather than, you know, the kind of fully developed point. So um, I think because he's he's played so well, it's, it's easy to forget these things. Um Sean Williams, I liked today. I was glad to see him back because the alternative would have been Jack Powell, who I like as a player, but he's a much more lightweight midfielder than Sean Williams. Um, you know the kind of quality Sean Williams brings, and I, I thought we we really needed him today in that battle. That was going to be a, a bit of a war today, and he brought exactly the right tone. I liked him today. Seven out of ten, I've given him. He was decent, and like you, you identified, he had the best chance of the match. He did. I thought, yeah. I thought he looked a bit shagged by the end, but I think that was more the result of us bringing him in as quickly as we possibly could have done. We had a bit of a, I would say, a mini sort of injury crisis in midfield today and uh, we had to call on him. But as he becomes a little bit more fit, I think you'll see greater performances throughout the 90 minutes. He had to pass the fitness test before the game. I think there was emphasis was on the hat to pass it. I think probably would have liked another week's worth of, um, you know, recovery. Um, But today was a critical battle and we needed him and he was thrown in there at the deep end. So um, I'll be... Disappointed if he plays again against AFC Field or Field or however you pronounce their name next week. I think it might be an occasion where we bring in the, you know, some of the lighter weight youngsters because that will give Sean Williams and maybe to a degree George Savile a chance to, um, you know, just just get some much needed rest. Um, Savile, I thought was a little casual today, but but he's, again he sets very high standards. Charlie, uh, just thought he was a little bit casual on occasions. I'll give him a six and a half. I didn't think he had a great game either, to be honest, but we know what he's capable of. And I think the fact that we're looking to extend this loan move, I don't know if it's been officially confirmed. I think he's got another month, hasn't he? We've, yeah. um, kindly KJ up at um, Wolves has extended it by another month, which suits us just fine. I mean, if we could get him for the season, that would be fantastic. Um, he, he does bring a certain touch of quality to, to the pass, and I also like him in the tackle. He doesn't hold back. I'm excited by the prospect of having him available when you've got a fully fit Williams and Jimmy yeah. Abdu yeah. select. So, you know, we're talking about the midfield at the moment as, you know, being a bit of a conundrum. Who do you play? I think that's going to be even more the case when we, when we have a few more players returning to fitness. Yeah, no, I think if he can be if he can be retained for any longer than just a few months, then I would certainly start several above all of them because I just think he brings that real higher league quality touch to him. He's put the quality of his passing, especially up at um, Sheffield United last week, and the quality of his tackling, Charlie, was something to behold. So if we can keep him, I'd, I'd certainly start him. Um, It'll be interesting to see with Savile, because um, I know Wolves had a decent result today, but you do wonder if they struggle in the long term. Surely they'll call on some of yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we shall see. I mean, I suppose the only thing we can offer is regular first-team football, which he may not be guaranteed up at um, up at Molyneux. And if we can keep him for the season, send him back worth, I don't know, two and a half, three million at the end of a decent season, then it might be an enticement. Um, if you're listening, Kenny, I know you listen to the show, mate, but you know, <laughs> think on that, think on that, mate. Um, Shane Ferguson was was okay today. I didn't think it was brilliant. He was he, he's he's looked a little bit, um, I don't know, not not dull. That's that's too harsh, but he's just not looked his 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 self in the last couple of games. Um, but that said, he did okay for me. Did I give him a six out of ten? Yeah, the word I've, I've actually written down about Ferguson. The word I've got is unremarkable. Unremarkable. Really. That's a good yeah. choice of word. I like that. Yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but no. I, I actually think that there's a lot more to come from him as well. And 
one of the things I like about the two loan signings that we've made in Ferguson and Savile is that I'm confident any other team in the division would have probably taken those two. Oh, totally. I mean, I think it also goes back to Neil Harris's point about maybe it was a match too far. You've had three pretty full-on games in a week and Ferguson supplied the cross-up at um, Bramall Lane. So, you know, no one's saying that he's not doing his, doing the business. But he's, he's just looked a little bit, um, I don't know, fatigued. Unremarkable is a good choice of word, actually. I think I'll stick with unremarkable. But I like, I like him as a player. He's, again, he's brought some some threat down that left side and that's to be applauded. Um, Morrison, we've already mentioned, but I, I, I do like the, the kind of reformed, revamped, um, returned Steve Morrison. He seems we seem to have a different version of him this time, Charlie, don't we? He seems to have like a, I don't know, an ISO nine version of him, where he's, he's actually got some kind of imagination and he's, he's doing stuff off the ball and he's he's, he's taking a leading role. I, I just like what I'm seeing with Steve Morrison these days. I know he should score more goals, and that's probably going to be your counterpoint. I'm guessing. Yeah, I I, I think he, he's capable of doing that as well. So the reason I'm I'm perhaps being a little bit harsh on him is because I know there is a real player in there and and not just a intellectual and cultured one but yeah. actually a, a prolific one as well particularly at this level so let's see if we can harness that and all and if we do we'll be a proper threat I made him my man of the match today that might be a controversial choice but I'm going to go with Steve Morrison my man of the match I've given him a touch more 7.5 today just in front of some of the other sevens that we've mentioned already just because he was ploughing a bit of a lonely old furrow up there with Gregory not being quite on his on his game he was, he was doing a lot of um, almost you know two men's work for you know one man doing two men's work in some respects I agree a lot more was asked of him um, I think he was solid I've, I've, I think I've seen him play a lot better and a lot worse this season but my own personal man of the match would probably be Mark Beavers ok good call I won't argue with that and Lee Gregory we've mentioned already we won't, we won't flog him again I gave him a 6 out of 10 today I just the only thing I would say again is he just wants one too many touches on, on occasions in the penalty area um, but he certainly puts the work in. You can't knock him on that front. So six out of ten for me today. Well, the criticisms of him are coming are becoming very palpable now. So hopefully he picks up on that and it puts a bit of fire in his belly. Because one of the things I was hoping is that Steve Evans' comments at the end of last year would have done it. Sting him, yeah, sting him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Move, move him on. This, yeah, this is a bit of a crossroads for him now. I think. Well, it is. I'm just looking at the league table, um, and you're you're right. I mean, you've made the point already that we are becoming a force. We're in seventh position as as of tonight, um, two points short of Barry in, in the critical sixth spot. I don't think there's any reason for us not to expect to be in and around that top part of the table by the end of the season. I know the squad maybe looks a little bit creaky thin on occasions, but we've had a run of bad injuries in midfield, and, and I wonder how we'd be without Steve Morrison up front. But let's put that to one side. We've got to be looking upwards at the end of this season, in my opinion. There's been a lot of talk of mid-table and consolidation, Charlie, but I don't see any reason why we can't be talking top six at the end of the season. But I don't want to take anything away from what the team have done, and I don't want to be cynical about it, but I don't think this is an especially good league. No. Uh, the fact that we are in contention without being that brilliant this year says it all. Yeah, um, you know, you look down the other names then, we've, we've, we've gone to places like Sheffield and one... We've had a, an excellent away record. We seem to be sorting out the home form at last. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't expect to be in, certainly in the mix. And that does beg the question of, of solving the, the, the goal-scoring conundrum because we do need to start scoring more goals. We create enough chances. Some of these need to be put in the net. And um, that does take you sadly back to Lee Gregory, I must I must agree. But 
There we are. So two weeks now till the next league game, which is Burton Albion, if that's still on. I don't. I, I keep reading it might might be postponed because of international um, weekend, but I think they're leaving it very late to postpone it now. So that gives us two weeks to Burton, and then there's an FA Cup game next next Saturday against AFC Fylde Field. Um, what would you do? Would you would you play the second string in that cup game, Charlie? How would you how would you I, play that one? I would definitely play the second string. I think it's a, too good an opportunity not to give. People arrest really. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I don't mean any disrespect to Fylde, but I think we are now in a situation where, well, we don't have a amazing backlog of players, but we've got people on the bench who you know can do a decent job. Some of these kids can get a, try, a taste of the uh, the real thing, you know. I mean, Archer I'd probably keep in goal. I don't think there's any reason to play David Fulden, but the rest of the defence maybe might be due a rest. Carlos could probably do with a week off. I'm sure Williams could do with a week off, um, and and Morrison maybe up, you know, rest him as well, and, and and bring in some of these youngsters. That um, I mean, Pavey came on late today. I'd love to see him start and see what he really looks like when he's got got the ball at his feet. You know, what can he do? So I, I would certainly take the chance to to rest. It's it's a cliche, and I don't mean to disrespect AFC filed, but we've got to be looking at the league as our focus this season. A cup run would be nice, but it's going to be a distraction from the real business of trying to get in that top six by the end of the season, Charlie. I think you've also got to consider that there was a real chance we could have had someone like Sheffield United again in this draw and, and tinkering wouldn't yeah. have been an option. So I think we have to use that chance now. Totally. agree with that. Appreciate you coming on the show, Charlie. My pleasure. Thank you. For Always good to talk to you, mate. And um, hopefully catch up with you soon. And let's let's hope for a you know um, in, continued good run as as November proceeds. It's been a, it's been a good October, and we're looking for a continuation through through November. Thanks for your time, Charlie. Appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Blinding. Cheers, mate. All the best. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.